Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. Welcome, everybody, to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang. And today I'm joined by Ryan Sakamoto, who is new here to the Raiders media room. We kind of treat him a little bit like a rookie, but not too much hazing. He did bring snacks, so we're okay with that. You can also find him on Twitter at Beast Rider and on his live streams, Pick 6. Ryan, uh, first, before I bring you on and get you all welcome in here, I know, as you know, with anything, YouTube, you want people to subscribe. So anyone listening, make sure to hit subscribe on both Beast Riders channel as well as my podcast and um, you could also make sure to check out some of the things that are happening with our sponsors. You're a bodybuilder type guy, right? I am. I so, am. Just came from the gym. Have you heard of Liquid Death? I have not heard of Liquid oh, Death. Oh, you gotta find them because they look like tall boys, 22 ounces. They're in these cans, like aluminum that help protect the environment from all the plastic pollution. So we are brought to you by Liquid Death and also presented oh, okay. to you on Blue Wire Podcast and most of all sponsored here by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the app today. All right. Here we go. Josh Jacobs, 303 all-purpose yards in the game here against the Seahawks that took place this past Sunday. Tremendous effort by him to get it done. The overtime game winner, 86 yards. It's just Josh Jacobs has really been putting it all together. And the reason I wanted to bring you on is because you do these film breakdowns. You really get into finding the little finesse points that help an athlete succeed. What has Josh Jacobs done well? You know, I think it all starts with ball security. You know, Coach talked about it throughout training camp. And whether it be Coach McDaniels or Coach Lombardi, whoever the case may be, you talk about ball security. He fumbled five times in his first uh, few years in the league, which is not a good sample size to pull from because at the end of the day, I mean, that's less than 1%. But at the end of the day, ball security is job security. I think it all starts right there. And then from there, you just kind of see the presence that he brings to the table in terms of having vision. You know, any running back that comes into the NFL, we talk about the speed, the power, and how he can make tacklers miss in open space but the one thing that I think people often overlook is you don't have to be the fastest guy. You can run a 4-5, 4-6 and still be a really good running back. What you need to have is elite vision, especially in a power-based run scheme. You need to have a li- uh, the vision to cut back against the grain if plays break down. And Josh Jacobs has done a tremendous job up to this point, and he's really on pace to have an MVP-type season. Yeah, he is. And it's crazy because he's been playing through injury. I saw moments in that game where he literally looked like he was going to be out. Mm -hmm. He was on the sideline. He was talking to Kenny Palomalu, the running back coach. He was kind of shaking his head, looking as though he was doubting himself and his ability to go in or just kind of upset that he couldn't maybe finish the game. But here he comes. He starts sprinting on the sideline. Just what a testament has that been to his just tenacity that he has as a player? I think it talks a lot about his character from training camp. You know, when Vinny B asked him, hey, you got your fifth year option declined. How do you feel about that? And he said straight up, you know, I'm going to let everything play itself out. You know, it wasn't his choice if he wanted to be here or not. He had to play out that contract. And he said, if he plays well, everything will work out in the end. Uh, GM Dave Ziegler echoed that same analysis when he was on a podcast earlier on. And he talked to, to my guy, Mike Silver, about it. And GM Dave Ziegler said, you know, everything will play itself out if he keeps playing at a high standard. So, I think Josh Jacobs, more than anything, having the heart of a lion, like you said, because for him to come back and battle through that injury, because we don't even know if he was going to play. He was right. questionable. Yeah. And so I saw him hobbling in the locker room, and I was like, man, I'm not sure if this guy's going to play. Ultimately, he got it out. He played, got hurt in the game 
came back and then had a career game. And I think aside from that, you look at it from a football Raider way standpoint and what this team's cultural identity is trying to implement here in Las Vegas, he embodies everything from toughness to physicality to being a professional both on and off the football field and being a team leader. These are things that and NFL traits that you look for from a GM perspective in terms of what you want in bringing this team's cultural identity. Now, we're hoping to be able to speak to Josh today in the locker room because it has been announced through, uh, I believe it was NFL Network's Tom Pelissero that had it first, that he would probably not be seeing at all on practice this week so that they could manage this injury and that perhaps they'd get the opportunity to to see him with this on around-the-clock type treatment that he can get here in this facility, state-of-the-art, of course. Um, so we know that he's in good hands with all of the trainers and the training staff here has always been tremendous. But uh, on in terms of you know whether or not he plays this week, do you feel like they probably will look ahead to this Chargers game and try to like manage how much he's in the game because he's the type of player like we're talking about his tenacity, his will that just won't come out of the game. Yeah. He won't tap his helmet yeah. for a spell. How do you try to manage this injury against the Chargers, a division rival? From a coaching perspective, the first thing you want to do is you want to protect the player from the player. Any player who buys into the Raider way is going to say he's okay, even though he's not okay. So it's up to Coach McDaniels to kind of manage that and say, hey, look, this guy's not 100%. Let's kind of tailor back and have it on, quote unquote, a snap count. Now, what Josh Jacobs will bring to the table is he'll be like, no, I'm fine, coach. I can play. At the end of the day, if Josh Jacobs is on a snap count, it's up to guys like Zeus White, who's been a healthy scratch, not been a healthy scratch. And we've kind of seen him kind of come into his own last game, had a few good runs there. And I think it's time for Zeus White to kind of establish himself as not the lead back, but maybe a back that we can kind of look at and say, okay, this guy can be the future here in Las Vegas if need be. Yeah, I'd love to have nicknames for these guys. Remember, like they had Earth, Wind, and Fire for uh, <laughs> the Giants at one point. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, Zeus come to life somehow I, I don't know if you can do lightning and thunder i think that's been done before mm-hmm. but i don't know what, what could what could they be that's a great great question <laughs> i mean but you there's know, a cocktail i like from the caribbean that they call the dark and stormy uh, maybe because of the lightning bolts and thunder but then like i don't know it's like stormy no, I like it because no. Zeus is kind of like lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Allegiant Stadium is kind of like lightning when the yeah. lightning strikes the uh, Allegiant Stadium. We all saw the backdrop on that. And on Instagram, I think it's a good, that, that might stick. That might, might stick. We'll ask, we'll ask. We'll ask. Yeah. We've been trying to find names on Raider Nation Radio, another show that I do in the morning with the morning tailgate. But we've been talking about how they have this um the, the name for what the 86-yard touchdown was, you know, you have Holy Roller, you have Ghost to the Post, you have all of those things. So we were trying to say, what would the name of this comeback win be? Because it was the second one that they've had in the span of two weeks, um, first with Denver, now with uh, the Seattle game. And it's been impressive that they were able to pull that off both times in overtime, with the coin flip being the most important non-play in the game right. as well, with A.J. Right. Cole pulling that one off. So we've been throwing out some, you have any ideas? I'm For the name the of the game? Yeah. I think it goes back to what Coach McDaniels was trying to, and GMD Ziegler were trying sure. to establish. I think the term buy-in, I think everyone's saying, oh, is this team buying in? Are they not buying in? What's the case there? I think a good good game, uh, name of the game would be, would be something along the lines of silence the haters. Ooh. Because if you silence the haters, yeah. don't listen to the freaking noise. Yeah. We shut you up. We won, yeah. and the players love the coaches. 
So let's just stop with the BS and just keep it 100 that everything is going in the right direction. You know, consistency is key in the NFL. Everybody wants these instant gratification. But the fact remains to, see, uh, remains to be seen is it's the long game. Mm-hmm. If you're playing the instant gratification like in the stock market, you're going to lose every single time. But if you play the long game, more times than not, you're going to win out. And so that's why I think silence the haters is a good name for this game because that's what exactly what they did. They bought in. They bought into the program. They're very disciplined. They didn't have very missed tackles. Uh, the run fits were very sound. And so you see what Coach McDaniels is doing from the top down, and it's really transcending to this to the players, and they're really resonating with it and really going forward, and that's why they won the past few games. Should I then buy Amazon at 92.01? <laughs> If I'm going to play the long game. Uh, I would. Food for thought. All right, let's take a break. Here from Coach McDaniels right here, and we're going to come back with you here on the Takeaways podcast for Vegas Nation. His effort, um, toughness, um, I thought was, you know, um, you know, it stood out, obviously, in the running game. Um, I thought he did some good things in the passing game, you know, and he's he's improving. Uh, I think he's improving his repertoire. He's improving his route tree. Um you know he catches the ball very well, obviously, and um, and uh, you know he he did some things in terms of uh, the little things in the game that probably don't get discussed a whole lot. You know, uh, blitz pickup. Um, you know they tried to get us a couple times, and he was he he had his eyes where they should have been, and he 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 got his his job done. Um, thought he did a great job on the flea flicker. You know, of of hanging in there, um, and we caught. He took one for the team. You know, so he, when he tossed it back to Derek, obviously he got he got walloped pretty good. Um, but you know, little things like that. He's unselfish. He'll do whatever you ask him to do. So if it's splits pick up 10, 10, 15 times a game, he'll do it. Uh, catch passes, block, chip. Um, you know, it doesn't make any difference to him. He just wants to win. So I think that's the greatest the greatest trait he has is whatever you ask him to do. If it can help the team win, he's all in. Your question about Josh, he obviously played through injury um, on Sunday, and I think he said toward the end of the game, he kind of aggravated it a little bit. Um, it's been reported he may not practice that much this week. Are you guys just kind of being cautious about those soft tissue? You had a few soft tissue yeah. injuries this year. Yeah. I don't know where the report came from. I don't. I mean, I, I obviously you didn't hear it from me. Um, so I, I, um, I'm eager to see this week go. Um, and you know, like I said, uh, I'm hopeful that we'll have a, a full group out there. But I mean, look, this this time of the year, you guys know. I mean, we're closing in on December here, and I don't know that there's any player in the locker room that doesn't feel like he's got something. You know what I mean? And so that's what makes these guys great is they they fight through a lot of stuff and. Um, they spent a lot of time and effort to get themselves ready to go every week. Um, and I don't, he's, he's obviously at the top of the chart in terms of what he does. So um, I would, you know, I'm expecting us to have a shot to have a full group here. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. 
aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smith's, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. Welcome back to the Takeaways edition of the Vegas Nation podcast. It's Heidi Fang here with you with Ryan Sakamoto at Beast Rider on Twitter and also his show again on uh, the live streams that you do. They're on YouTube called Pick 6. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so I, I do a pick six live stream, and basically I give you the news, notes, and quotes from the day and also provide my game grades as it pertains to every game. So if you guys want game grades or want film study on exactly what happened on a certain play, I have you covered. And then I also break down, obviously, um, any free agency acquisitions, any people that were claimed off the waiver wire, whether it pertains to the Raiders or not, as it pertains to the AFC West. I give you the rundown on the entire NFL because I think in order for me to formulate my analysis, I need to do the legwork on the other 31. And so that's why I like to do and I take great pride in that. All right, awesome. So make sure to check that out. Uh, also, I want to get into a little bit here about some roster moves that we heard on Tuesday that Anthony Averett's now going to IR. This is like the second trip for him now. So pretty much I would assume his season's over with yeah. this team at this point. And you have Tyler Hall coming up. We've seen like a short sample size of his work. But I think in what we've seen from him, from coming on, I remember when he came up on the practice squad and he and Isaiah Palomao, who are now both active roster members, were like working with the wide receivers on these drills, right? And that's what you kind of do is you work your way in with the team. But now you're seeing the efforts that he's put together on the field. He's had a couple decent plays. What do you make of Tyler Hall? You know, when I run the game grade, he was targeted two times and only giving up six yards. Aside from that, what you want to look for when you evaluate game film is how they play their and leverage their splits pre to post snap. And I think when you see what he's doing, he's doing a really good job at that. Aside from all of that and learning fundamentals and staying square at the line of scrimmage, having patient feet, you want to see if you can pattern match downfield and under, understand the scheme that's being asked. Usually when a player comes in, especially from the practice squad and then thrown into the fire like that, he'll get kind of caught off guard, you know, because different schemes have for, call for different what's quote unquote roles of engagement. Uh, Hall does a really good job at kind of leveraging his splits and understanding what is being asked of him on any given play. If a play breaks down, he has to be able to recover and be in a spot that he normally otherwise wouldn't be. And you kind of see him doing that. So he's very funny sound. I like what he brings to the table. And aside from all of that that I just talked about, the hidden yardage is really, really, really impressive. I mean, he had a sack for minus 11 yards. He had a tackle for loss for minus 13 yards. You add that all together, that's 24 yards of hidden yardage that Coach McDaniels is going to look when he evaluates the game film and run the game grades and say, hey, look, he helped us with the field position. He actually flipped the field for us on two given plays. So I like to see more of Tyler Hall, maybe okay. for selfish reasons, okay. because I want to see a more sample size to pull from. But from what I've seen from the small sample size, I like what I see. What have you seen out of some of these undrafted free agents that have come up? Like I've been particularly watching Sam Webb. There's also Isaiah Palomo, who's here and there. He's kind of played more special teams than anything. But what have you thought about their presence on the field when they do get the reps that they are um, when they're out there and, and working with the rest of the guys in the secondary? You know, Sam Webb is one of those guys that came on throughout training camp is one of the hot topics, that guy that 
maybe could take on Trayvon Mullen's spot, maybe yeah. could be that next guy. Even wears his number. He does. <laughs> hey, the good call, good call. So um, what I see from a guy like Sam Webb is I see inconsistency in this game. You see the NFL trace that you look for, the height, weight, speed, conversion. But what I like to see more consistency is protecting the sticks. You know, he gives up a lot of first downs. And when I run the grades, I mean, you just go back to the last grade um, against the Seahawks. He was targeted seven times and seven of those going for completions. And he gave up the highest amount of passing yards with 68. So when I run the grades on Sam Webb, I like what I see. I like what I see from him, but again, he's an undrafted rookie free agent. He's coming into his own. Let's give this guy time to develop. And I think year two is where I'm going to see this guy, or we're going to see this guy really grow. And I'm really excited to see Sam Webb. I'm glad that you said we. It it just makes me feel like I'm still part of the team. (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, But here we have also Jerry Tillery coming in, making a presence for himself on the D-line. The presence I think that he's had has drawn some double teams, and you've seen that, and it's kind of helping free up things for the ends. What do you think about Jerry Tillery and how much he can work into this line? And, you know, for that matter, I'm throwing Andrew Billings, too, because he's also kind of had a very solid year. Yeah, so I think it goes back to training camp. You know, the iron sharpens iron mentality. Doesn't matter where you're drafted. Doesn't matter how much money you make. If you're not getting it done on the field, we're going to bring in someone who can. And so when you bring in a guy that like Jerry Tillery, who was claimed off waivers, and a guy who was very highly touted coming out of Notre Dame and who can really push from the interior, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Andrew Billings and Bilal Nichols to say, hey, look, we have, and we have Jerry Tillery waiting in the wings, and if you're not getting it done, trying to solidify the pass rush, because we all know what they can do as run stuffers. Right. But from a pass rush department, we need some interior pressure. And I think that's what you're seeing. You see Andrew Billings had a really good game yeah. last week. And so I think when you, when you have the iron sharpens iron mentality, no man is safe. That's just going to make everyone better and raise everyone's game. I had to throw all of this at you just for this main concept that I wanted to get out to kind of wrap things up here on the show today. Josh Jacobs next year can be Mm. a free agent. The money, the bag, how does he get it? If in some way, I feel like this team may be looking at how to either A, replace some of the members that are on secondary, that are on the D-line currently, or even trying to pay the ones that they do have, like artillery that's been brought in. You know, how, how do you try to manage... Well, I know that's being a, that's a big question. I was going to say, how do you try to manage the budget? I'm not making you the GM today. <laughs> but how do you try to retain Josh Jacobs when you know that you're going to have to try to go after some defensive talent as well? I think it all starts with communication. You know, communication is key. So when you sit at the table, just be up front with them. Hey, look, Josh Jacobs, we know you're one of the best in the league. We understand that you're a big part of our offense and what we like to do here. But at the end of the day, there's other players that we have to bring in. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of that, Josh Jacobs is going to want a front-loaded contract because he's getting that second-year contract, or sorry, second second contract. And anybody who knows and understands this is only players who don't do well and earn second contracts will backload that contract. Right. He wants a front-loaded deal. Oh, so yeah. whether it's in the form of a signing bonus or roster bonus, he's going to get it. Now, there's some talk about them franchise tagging him, but I don't think that's that's the way to go. I think you would want to slap the transition tag because when you slap the transition tag, there's a difference there of about $1.5 million, and you're giving him top 10 money. Okay. So when you give him top 10 money, now you're looking at it as, okay, the downside of this is you're not going to – be able to get compensation in case he signs with someone else, but you do have the first right of refusal. So if he does opt to sign with someone else or has an offer from someone else, at least the GM, GM Dave Ziegler and the, the scouting department has the option to match that. And I think that's the best way to do it because 
let's face it, if they really felt that Josh Jacobs was worthy of that fifth-year option, which is what, upwards of $10 million, mm -hmm. that's the same amount as the franchise tag, which is at 9.5. So that's why I think transition tagging him would be the best way to go, because at the end of the day, you have first right refusal, and if that's too rich for your blood, then move on, and you have Zeus White, who you drafted in the fourth round. Yeah, that's the other thing. They not only have Zeus, they have Britton Brown. Mm -hmm. And when you have another combo and duo of players that you can work with, as well as what do you do with Amir Dula? He's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. So, it, you know, Brandon Bolden, I'm not so sure, sticks with the team. I feel like he was brought in here and he's done a lot of work on special teams, but I don't foresee him staying around too much longer. I know maybe max another year. <laughs> I mean, 32 yeah. is pretty, you know, it's up there for a running back, even though he's just kind of doing a lot of special teams work which should not be undersung by any means because what he does is important. But um, as far as growth and development, I just don't know how much longer you can manage to keep five running backs on the roster. So I agree with that. I think that that was the talk of the town is like, that was a surprise, right? That they oh, kept big five. Time. <laughs> and I just thought it was going to be more of a running back hype by committee approach. Oh, same here. I, I thought we would see maybe 70-30 of Josh and Zeus and then, you know, sprinkles in between depending on kind of situational play. But that obviously did not turn out to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so as I leave you today, I want to leave you guys with some sounds from the locker room. Here is Josh Jacobs talking about being the ground player of the week as well as the offensive player of the week. Explain, what is the slime uh, gallon bucket thing? 93 pounds of slime. Yeah, that's that Nickelodeon, I guess. Okay. I got the little Nickelodeon MVP. <laughs> nice. I guess. Yeah, that's, that's dope. They gave a real trophy, too. That's kind of dope. What was it like to get the Offensive Player of the Week? Uh, I don't know. I don't really too much think about it, uh, really, honestly. But, I mean, it's good to see that, you know, uh, the world see the work that we put in, so that's dope. How are you feeling health-wise? How was today kind of just doing a walkthrough? Today went bad. Walking it, walking don't bother me really. So, you know, it's just taking it day by day for real. Yeah. We heard, we heard reports about maybe taking it easy this week, and it's actually the first time this week you're in the injury report for something that's not a, a bad under the weather. So it's good for you this season, right? Yeah, man. I mean, it's kind of just funny how, how it all worked out because uh, – we were just talking about it uh, last week, you know, about just toning down a little bit on our reps and practice and things like that. So it just happened to play out that way. You, think, uh, you talked about the, you know, over the last four years, just the grind of the season and the beating up on the body. Is this one of those cases where you rest during the week and, uh, with the focus of getting on the field Sunday? I mean, I still feel good. I mean, besides, you know, the little, the little thing that I got now, I mean, I feel good. I still don't feel like I really just been hit like that this year. So, yeah. Chargers. What is that challenge looking like? I mean, it's a team that you've faced plenty of times, a divisional opponent. We know the Broncos, you don't like them. What about that powder blue? Man, you know, it's always a good game when, when they come in town. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, they quarterback, he, he, he's dynamic. Uh, I, I like watching them play. Um, but it's fun playing against their defense, too. You know, they fly around the ball. Uh, they got a some big playmakers on that side of the ball. You know, they, they create having that you got to pay attention to. Um, so it's, it's always fun to go against them. When you get an award like you did, is, is it a chance to kind of share it with team, the offensive line, and everything else as well? Man, I think they be caring about it more than I do. They Everybody coming up to me, they be celebrating. I'm, I mean, it's just, it's just another thing for me. I mean, ultimately, the only thing that really made me happy is winning games. So that's, that's what I'm trying to get to. 
I know you don't look a lot at records, but you know, you're about one yard away from getting to the next step up on the Raiders all time rushing list. Like when you start thinking about goals in that way, does uh, I think from the next one up. So you're seven right now, all time Raiders leading rushers so to get to six. You got one more yard to get up. I think past to, um, I think we want to say past five is like 150 yards on the season. So yeah, like those kind of things that kind of help you set goals for yourself. Nah, man, I'm not a person like I tell people all the time. I never set goals. Like I know, I know a lot of people say it's good, it's important to have goals and this, that, and the third. But I'm not a person that 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 I don't really believe in that. You know, I, I believe in um, you you coming in to work and you work each day and you work at you know the best of your abilities and everything else to take care of yourself. So I'm kind of a firm believer in that. I know you've told us multiple times that we're the ones that tell you about these records and stuff, too. So, uh, b by the way, you're on pace uh, to, to break the single-season franchise record for rushing yards that Marcus Allen holds for his MVP season. Um, I know how close you guys are. Did you hear from him after the, the last game? Man, I ain't gonna lie. I still haven't checked my phone yet. I still haven't. I haven't checked no messages. Like, I, I text social media a little bit, but I, I haven't checked no messages yet. So... I got a lot of people still waiting to hear from me. Chase <laughs> asked you last week about the rushing title, if it would mean anything. Now that you're in the top of the food chain right now, uh, how does it feel being up there? And now, is that part of the goals? Uh, I mean, I don't really feel no different, honestly. Like, when I was at five and when I was at three, like, still feels the same. You know, you still got six more, seven more games left, you know, so still got to, you know, maintain a high level of play, um, you know, and they only remember you from, from, from your last one, so. We're going to see how this next one come out. And that'll do it for today, everybody. Make sure to check out all of our shows that we do three times a week. You start off with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. Then me every Wednesday, Ed Graney and Adam Hill on Fridays with Unsportsmanlike Conduct. And, of course, we always have the post-game edition, so check those out every night after every game. You can get it all at VegasNation.com. For Ryan Sakamoto, I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. So sign up today 